0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. You know, if you spend any time watching television these days, half an hour, an hour or longer, I guarantee you that you will see at some point a commercial that is trying to sell you car insurance. And there's a variety of companies that are trying to sell you these days. And the different companies have a series of commercials that are actually quite creative And entertaining. I like some of the commercials myself, and uh, and they engage you. But one of the, I have several thoughts that run through my mind when I see commercials. My mind is a little different than some people's, maybe. But one of the thoughts that run through my mind is why are there so many car insurance commercials on television? Is it because we have such bad Drivers in our country? I mean, take last weekend on Hilton Head Island, for example. Fourth of July weekend. Would that be a good example of why we have so many car insurance companies advertising? But there's one company, if I, if I give you a couple of hints, you'll immediately catch which company we're talking about. And once again, there's a series of these. But one of the constants in this company's ad is when you see the person that's talking, the Statue of Liberty is in the background. Liberty Mutual, right? And one of the early ads for Liberty Mutual Life Insurance Company, there was this young woman that was on, and she talks about her car... That she gave a name. I have never personally given one of my cars a name. But the name of the car was Brad. See that? You all know. The name of the car was Brad. You know, like, if you think back, like, 20, 30 years ago, there was a car that was a famous car that had a name. Herbie. Remember Herbie? Herbie. Herbie, the Volkswagen Bug, right? And for those of you that go back even further, there was a car that was actually a series on television. My mother, the car. You remember that one? Oh, really? You remember? See that? I'm not that old. My mother, the car. It was a talking car. And the mother was constantly telling the son what to do. Surprise! (laughs) So there are cars that have names, but this one was Brad. And what's interesting, if you watch this commercial, she refers to this car and herself were through lots of experiences together. Three boyfriends, two jobs. She never loved the boyfriends or the jobs, but she loved the car. And then she was in an accident and it was like devastation until, of course, Liberty Mutual cut her this big fat check. And then it was bye-bye Brad because she went into her happy dance, right? So much for loving Brad. Isn't it interesting when we talk about the word love? What does the word love really mean? What does the word really mean in our culture? Because we use it so frequently and we use it in a variety of circumstances and situations. I mean, in this case, it was an inanimate object. It was a car. And we talk about love in reference to inanimate objects. We talk about love in terms of people. Relationships that we have, acquaintances, family, friends. We talk about people that are famous people that we love. In fact, some of those famous people we may not even know personally, right? I mean, I was amazed how many people loved Prince when Prince died. And they didn't know Prince. I mean, they may have appreciated his music and really looked up to him and appreciated the story of his life, but they didn't know him to love him, at least in the way you think about And one of the other famous people right now, and some of you may not know this name, by the way, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, who was an NBA basketball star in Oklahoma City. He was loved in Oklahoma City until, until the team that they should have beat to get into the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors, beat them, and then the Golden State Warriors lost in the NBA Finals to Cleveland, so the Golden State Warriors went after Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant signed a huge contract. Once again, money is involved here. And the people who love Kevin Durant so much so that they went out and bought a jersey with his name on it, you see them burning his jersey on clips. What happened to the love? What does love mean? I love you as long as you do what I want. I'll love you as long as you bring me pleasure, help my team win, do my bidding. And what some people forgot about with Kevin Durant is that when Oklahoma City faced disaster, he gave them a million dollars. How many people do that? We forget so quickly. The Kevin Durant really did love for a season Oklahoma City but it's fleeting it's fickle what happened what happens to love do we really understand love in relationships in our culture And when it comes to faith, when it comes to faith, do we really understand love? I mean, is that even what we understand faith to be? Isn't it fascinating that in this dialogue with this man, that Jesus encounters, that this man comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what do you think it's about? And what would people say today? By and large, what would people say today? Believe in God. Be religious. Go to church. Be a good person, which means, in translation, obey the law, the Ten Commandments. All kinds of different understandings, as to what it would mean to inherit eternal life or go to heaven. Not many people today, not many people today, even churchgoers would say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbors yourself. That sounds like too much of a commitment, if you really understand it, if you're really honest. And yet this man knew enough to understand. To say that. That's what's amazing about this man's response. That when it goes to the talk about what faith is about and inheriting eternal life is about, that he goes to love. It's pretty amazing. But then of course... Okay, now I get the whole love thing, okay, Jesus? But let's not go overboard here, okay? We don't want to do too much, so who's my neighbor? You know, let's try to pare this down a little bit. Can we do that? Just a little bit. Because I don't want to overdo it here. It's like the Pharisees did when it came to loving God. Because the Pharisees were always trying to structure laws so that they could do what they wanted to do and get away with it and still be good and obedient in everybody else's eyes and in God's eyes, but still do what they wanted to do. But isn't that what most people who say, I believe in God, I'm religious, I'm a good person, isn't that what they do? See, I think we're smart enough intelligent enough to know that if we really, really buy into this, loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves that's pretty comprehensive. That's pretty huge. We don't really want to go that far, do we? So we need to pare this down. That's what the man was trying to do. So he said, Jesus, in order to justify himself, notice the line, in order to justify himself. And who is my neighbor? We all want to justify ourselves. We all want to feel good enough to say, I'm going to get into heaven. I go to church just enough. I believe in God. I'm a good person. We justify ourselves. We make up the rules. Oftentimes they fit my standard, my way, make me feel good about me. That's not what faith is really all about. What faith is really all about is this love relationship that has depth, that has power, that has commitment. When we really understand loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, It's not just the basics of the law where we have this little box that we want to fit everything in. That's really easy and convenient. We can just put on a shelf and say, I'm good. I got this. And when Jesus gives the example that he does, he doesn't even use the lowest common denominator. Did you notice that? When he tells this parable of the Good Samaritan, he doesn't say, well, there was this good person. Or there was this guy who went to, you know, he wouldn't say the word church back then. He would have said synagogue or temple. This guy goes to synagogue or temple once in a while. And he's basically a good person. Jesus didn't say that. Notice what he, what he said. <clears throat> there was this man traveling. And he gets mugged. Excuse use modern day terms here. He gets mugged. And he's laying there bleeding. He's a mess. And this priest walks by clergymen. One of the guys in the white robes on Sunday mornings, you know, us. And he keeps walking. He doesn't stop. Doesn't want to be inconvenienced. Doesn't want to risk himself. And you wonder what the people that are listening are saying. The man that asked the question, He might have even been a priest because he knew the law. Maybe he was getting a little uncomfortable. The reality is, is that on Sunday mornings, I look really good. I got the white robe on, my dress, right? I don't go out like this. But I look really, you don't know what's on underneath here. I might be going golfing later. Right, David? But I look good right now. Sort of. Someone's laughing. (laughs) The reality is, is that the priest didn't get it. Jesus wasn't just using the lowest common denominator. He was choosing someone who was supposed to understand the depth of the law, love. So then he takes the stakes up even higher, a Levite, the cream of the crop, the ones who were zealous for the law. And he doesn't stop either. And then surprise, surprise. A Samaritan. And you could tell everyone there is saying, no. Not a Samaritan. He's the wrong race. He doesn't really fully understand who God is. He wouldn't stop. We're like almost enemies. And that's the one who stops. He risks. He inconveniences himself. He gets messy. And make no mistake, we minimize sometimes what this Samaritan does. He probably had an agenda. He probably had a timetable. He was willing to take the time, get messy, use resources. You know, we're told in the story that he put the man on his own donkey. You know what that means? He walked, took extra time, paid the innkeeper. said, I don't have everything I need, so I'll pay you more when I come back. do we really understand the depth of love and commitment that Jesus is talking about when we hear a story like this because everyone there is saying that's my neighbor this is a neighbor this is someone showing what a neighbor is like boy that's really time consuming boy that's really costly Think about this week. The challenges with the races. The challenges with the different kinds of people. The police and the lay people. And how people are looking at each other. We got a problem. We got a problem. Because people don't understand love. You can be self centered and be a legalist. You can be self centered and be a blatant sinner who doesn't care about anybody but themselves. Either end of the spectrum. But Jesus says the Samaritan is the neighbor and blew everybody out of the water. He says the one who shows mercy that's the one who really understands love. The one who shows mercy. The one who stopped and got messy, the one who committed to return, the one who took time, emotion, swallowed his pride. Use this resources. And you know, the man responds. The neighbor was the one who showed mercy. But he responded as much as he was able to because the man showed far more than mercy. I've said this several times to people that have been here. If you've not heard this before, write this down. Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is getting what we do not deserve. This man received grace. This man who was beaten and laying on the side of the road, he did nothing to deserve the gift that he got from the Samaritan. He was given grace. He was a Jew. The Samaritan was an enemy. He didn't deserve to be taken care of, to be carted over to an innkeeper, to have someone else pay for him who didn't know him, a complete stranger. He was shown grace. When the man answered Jesus and says, I guess it's the one who showed him mercy. Jesus allowed that to sit. But he said to the man, go and do likewise. Because if he went and did likewise, what he would learn is he would learn of grace. He would learn of costly love because that's really what that was. It was more than mercy. And if you really understand, if you really understand what God has done for us, it's more than mercy. It's grace and costly love. That's what the cross is about. That we who are in dire need of a Savior, we who struggle in this world, that are beaten up by the trials and tribulations and challenges of this world, that we are the sinners, That Jesus Christ came and laid down His life. He did more than risk. He laid down His life for us. And became our Savior. So that we might know the depth of God's grace and His love. You know what's interesting? is Even the secular world, even the media, even people that don't know Jesus Christ know the term Good Samaritan. Isn't that interesting? They know the term Good Samaritan. But they may not know the depth of meaning. You know where they're going to find the depth of meaning of the term Good Samaritan? From people who understand who Jesus is, why Jesus came, and begin to truly, truly live it out. That we as Christians who know Jesus Christ... Live as the Good Samaritan. In fact, even more than that, live as Jesus Christ. And share the gospel to a world that's desperate by our lives and by our words. Because we live in a culture that's broken. You know, you can be religious. You can be religious, you can believe in God, and you may understand nothing about grace, about forgiveness, about sacrificial love. But the only way that you can love with this kind of love is if you truly give yourself to the Lord, wholly and completely. Because we don't have the strength in and of ourselves to love with this kind of love. To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To be so filled with that kind of love, we need to empty ourselves and be filled with the Holy Spirit and be transformed by His grace. That we have a hunger and thirst for Him. Because we can't love with this kind of love. The kind of depth, the kind of commitment, the costly love that it takes. Especially in a culture that is so broken. We can't do it in and of ourselves. We need Him. It's so easy to fall into the ways of the world. It's easy. Just please yourself. Just love when it's convenient. Just do what feels good and brings you pleasure. It's easy. It's easy to say I believe in God. It's easy. Or I'm religious. But the only way that you can really say that I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and my neighbor as as myself is when you know Jesus Christ and you're filled with the Holy Spirit that's the only way and that's true faith and that's eternal life and that's what Jesus was talking about when he told the parable of the good Samaritan and right now our culture needs good Samaritans let's pray As we look around in the world, as we watch the news, we are more than aware of a broken culture and a broken world. Of a world that desperately needs the gospel. people that take serious the cross of Jesus Christ and the call to be a neighbor like the good Samaritan Lord God I pray this day that we would take serious the call in our lives to truly be Christ like to truly be filled with the Holy Spirit to take the great commandment seriously, to love you with the whole of our being, that we might be transformed by your grace and your love and the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might be empowered to truly love our neighbor as ourself. Lord, I pray this day that those who may not know you would open themselves up to the gospel to see the reality of the sin and brokenness in their own life and to come to know you as Savior and Lord or possibly renew their commitment to you to seek you with the whole of their being their heart and their soul and their mind and their strength and Lord for all of us this day pour your Holy Spirit out on us that we might truly seek you with the whole of our being and seek to be that good neighbor To a world right now that needs some good neighbors. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.